I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, every day, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. The most influential person who hopefully is the leader, they are setting the tone in any organization. Stay all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOlDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. If you are loving the Work On Your Game podcast and you want to know what is the next step you can take to get further into this world, what you need to do is go claim your free copy of my newest book, The Third Day. In that book, I'm going to give you some simple performance formulas, brand new formulas that will help you be more consistent and disciplined and trust yourself more. And all of this with no willpower required. All you have to do is follow these new approaches that I'm going to give you about performing, consistency and discipline. You're going to learn to trust yourself, perform at a high level, build that reputation, and you will not need to will yourself into working hard or any of that old stuff that you've been hearing from other people about consistency. I'm going to show you the way to do it right. I'm going to give you the book for free. All you're going to do is cover the shipping. Just go to thirddaybook.com. So that's my newest book, Third Day. I'm going to give it to you free. All you're going to do is cover the shipping. It's a physical book. The link is thirddaybook.com. Many people have asked me, Dre, do you do any form of coaching? Answer is yes. I have two coaching programs open as a matter of fact. First, my one-on-one coaching program is my third day mastermind. For those of you who want one-on-one personalized attention, where it's just you and I, we talk specifically about your goals, your challenges, where you want to go business professional-wise, where you're trying to get to, where you're at, what type of changes need to happen, whether those are tangible changes, intangible changes, starting with the being, then the doing. And of course, we got to get to the measurable havings. That is in my third day mastermind. My other coaching program is my Bulletproof Mastermind. That is my group coaching program where I will help you have clear, duplicatable systems for yourself and for your business and the discipline to execute. And I will help you make sure you have all of that stuff in place in 30 days or less. And then you're going to stick around the program even when you have your systems in place so that you can build your network, so that you can connect with other people, so that you can trade for services, so that you can make those phone calls and send a text message and get problems handled that you otherwise don't need to be handling yourself or would not be able to handle yourself. That is in my group program called the Bulletproof Mastermind. You can get information and join either program by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com right now. Again, that is workonyourgameuniversity.com for my one-on-one coaching or my group coaching program. For one-on-one, you hop on a Zoom call with me so we can talk about who you are, where you're at, and how we can get started. And the group coaching program, you can sign up right there on the website right now. Both programs, all information, all details, and get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com.
You're now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there, bold in offensively, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, techniques, mindsets, mentalities, and an overarching philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to run the show when you are the person in charge. How do you maintain order? How do you make sure everybody is doing what they're supposed to do? How do you make sure that the job actually gets done? Because that is, after all, the reason why you're the person in charge. So before we get into that, let me tell everybody, I send out a daily motivation text every single day to anyone who would like to receive it. All you have to do to get that daily motivation text is to text me at the following number, 305-384-6894. Once you text me at that number, you'll be getting my daily motivation every single day straight to your phone, free of charge. And you can respond to those texts at any time. You will actually be texting directly with me. Now, with that housekeeping out of the way, let's get into our topic. When you step into a position of leadership, and you will soon find yourself there. If you listen to this show every day, you're either already in one or you're soon to be in one as long as you are listening to and applying what you're hearing here on this show. How do you handle it? What do you do? What are some of the things that, what are some of the adjustments that you're going to need to make? Who as a person do you need to be? You know how we talk about the be, do, have principle all the time. Who do you need to be once you step into that leadership position? Today, we're going to go into exactly what that is. So let's, without further ado, let's get straight to it. Point number one. Topic, once again, is how to run the show when you're in charge. Put your standards in place and make them clear from day one. You need to know what your standards are. You personally need to know. Then you need to make sure everybody on your team knows. And then you need to enforce them. You need to implement them. You need to make sure everybody sees you abiding by those standards. Make sure that everyone sees you implementing those standards. And then when necessary, you must enforce those standards. People need to know the parameters and need to know the boundaries. What is okay and what is not okay? All of us have been to school, right? You remember, especially elementary school and middle school. What would we do with all our teachers? We would test them. We would find out all right, how far can we go? Can we talk in this class? Can we interrupt the teacher in this class? Can we play around and mess around and not really be serious in this class? And it was not based on the subject. It was based on the teacher, right? Which teachers can we get away with not behaving properly? And which teachers do we have no choice but to behave properly? And we knew. You could be the angel of the world in one class, and then the very next class, 20 minutes later, you're the, the baddest kid in history, just based on what you knew you could get away with with certain teachers. It's the same way with parents. It's the same way with anybody who's in a position of authority. Or anytime you were in school, remember when we had a, you would have a substitute teacher. The main teacher wasn't, wasn't there that day. As soon as the substitute walked in, many of the kids in class, and I would be one of them, we start looking around at each other like, all right, this is, our, this is our fun day. This is our play day. We get to mess around and not do what we're supposed to do today simply because we have a substitute and we didn't have the same respect for the substitute that we had for the main teacher. So we knew we could get away with certain things. Now, some substitutes were, they were solid enough that we couldn't get away with it, but a lot of times we did. And this is what we do with anyone who's in a position of authority. So when you're the person in charge, People are going to do the same thing to you that we would do to our teachers in elementary school when we were eight years old. We're going to find out how far we can go. And you setting the parameters and enforcing those parameters as the leader is going to demonstrate to your group or your class or whoever what you will accept, 
what's not going to be accepted so that everybody knows, okay, when you're around, this is what we can get away with. And when you're not around, this is what we can get away with. Or when you are there, here's what we can't get away with. We need to know how far we can go. You got to give people parameters because when people do not have parameters, when people don't have limits, so when people are just free to do whatever they want, it falls into the, the second law of thermodynamics, which is the law of entropy, which means any object that is left un, there are no parameters, there are no borders, there are no boundaries for it, is eventually going to go into a state of disarray. All right, this is why discipline is so important. It's why it's the first principle to work on your game philosophy is having your disciplines in place. Because if you're not following any disciplines, if you don't have any systems, you don't have any strategies to follow, eventually you're just going to go into disarray because you don't have anything guiding your actions. You don't have any borders. You don't have any guidelines with what you're doing. So that's why you got to demonstrate to everybody that as the leader, here's what's accepted. Here's what's not. It is not necessarily about, and when I say enforcing and setting your boundaries, not necessarily about punishment, even though you may need to dole some out at some point. It's about how you communicate and showing people, all right, this is the way that we're going to communicate with each other. This is the way that I want certain reports written. This is how I want documents put together. Here's how meetings are going to be organized. You just want, need to let people know this is the way things are going to be run. And you set that tone so that everybody else can follow it. The leader sets the tone of any organization or the most influential person who hopefully is the leader, they are setting the tone in any organization. In college, I had a basketball coach who told us at the beginning of the season, every day when we have practice, you need to be on the court and ready to practice at 45 minutes before the start of the practice. So practice at four, everybody on the team needs to be on the court and ready to go at 345. If you walk on the court at 350 with your shoes untied, even though practice technically starts at four, you are officially late and you're going to face a penalty for that. And he enforced that penalty because one day everybody was late and he made us all run and do all these running drills until that's all we did the entire time in practice. What was he doing? He was setting, he told us what the standard was at the beginning of the year. And it wasn't until later on in the season when everybody didn't show up that he actually had to enforce it and he had to dole out a little bit of punishment. When I worked at this restaurant called Friendly's up in Philadelphia, it was, it was outside of this mall called Plymouth Meeting Mall. And I had to catch the last bus to get home. It was the last bus to leave the mall. The mall is like an hour away from my home, at least by bus. And the last bus was leaving at like 11.56 or something like that. And I knew I couldn't miss that bus. There was no other way for me to get home. I left before the closing manager had given me the okay to leave. And because of that, I ended up getting fired from that job simply because I didn't follow the rules. And they were enforcing the rules. At the time, I was kind of annoyed that they had uh, fired me from the job, but I knew why I had did it. I actually knew what I was doing when I did it. I knew I might get fired for doing it, but I had to do what I had to do. I ended up getting another job anyway. My next job, as a matter of fact, I, if I'm if my timeline is correct, my next job was at Reader's Water Ice, which was a better job anyway, and it was closer to home, and I could walk to work and walk home. When I worked at Reader's, the bosses there, their whole emphasis was on make sure that the lines are moving really fast. Because Reader's is a water ice stand. Y'all know what water ice is. If you're not from the northeastern part of America, you might not know about it. But anyway. Is a it's a uh, it's a delicacy. It's a frozen delicacy. So in the ice cream category, but way better than ice cream. But that readers was only open in the spring and summer months in Philadelphia. So people would line up. It was like a stand. People would come to the stand and it, it, there'd be these long lines. We have four windows open and the line would be 10 deep in each line all day long in the summertime. So our jobs was, of course, we had to serve the customers, but you were measured each of the employees who was working behind these windows, we were measured by how fast our lines were moving. And the way that the managers could measure that was just by looking at the receipts on each register, who's actually having the most money passed through the register. That's how we know who is moving the fastest. So that was their standard. And they made it clear that that's what the standard was. So if somebody was moving too slow, 
the manager would gently let you know, like, yo, uh, you need to move a little bit faster. Right? And they would just let you see, look, this person's line is moving faster than yours. Uh, you need to pick it up. It wasn't in a, a negative, toxic type of way, but they did make it very clear what the parameters were and what was accepted, what was not there. I told this story maybe a month ago. I used to work at this movie theater. And at the movie theater, all the managers, there's probably like four or five managers there, all of them were terrible managers. None of them had any leadership skills whatsoever. None of them held anybody accountable for anything. They didn't have good communication skills. That movie theater was probably one of my most fun jobs. It wasn't, it might have been one of the more fruitful, but it was not even based on that, like on money or anything like that. It was one of the most fun jobs simply because that entire job was just a big free for all. The whole place was just a big fucking playground simply because there was no authority in the place. Uh, we basically, we ran the thing. The inmates ran the asylum at that movie theater. So it was very, and it's a movie theater. So it was a big space. You know, we're playing around, we're throwing food at each other. We're playing around with the popcorn. We're eating candy that we didn't pay for. It was just a complete free for all working at that movie theater simply because there was no one who wielded any authority who was setting the standards and setting the tone there. And going back to that Friendly's restaurant, I remember one night and there were different managers who worked there too. And, they were, and some managers were more lenient than others. And I remember there was one woman who was a manager. I think her name was Lisa. She was closing. She was on a closing shift one night and we're all in there working and people are playing around, messing around. We're having a, a little bit of a food fight in the back line right before the Right before we ended up closing, there were no more customers. Actually, there might have been some customers at the time, but it was later at night and people are messing around. I remember this girl picked up a, a sliced tomato and she threw it at somebody and she missed. And the tomato just hit one of the cooks right in his neck. <laughs> and I remember seeing it hit him <laughs> and everybody was laughing and the guy couldn't really do anything because it was a girl who threw it. So he wasn't going to do hit the girl. No, he didn't do that. But he was really annoyed. He was like, man, I need to stop playing around back here all the time. And it was really funny. The whole point is. I remember that simply because there was that was a free for all, at least that particular night. It wasn't like that every night, but at some jobs and in some situations when a person in authority is not wielding any real authority and they're not enforcing it, then things get out of line. You get into a state of entropy, as I just explained. In different buildings that I've lived in, uh, since I've been down here in Miami, I usually live in, in condominiums. And there was one building that I lived in that I can remember in particular, the security there was really tight. They were really on point. These, this was the type of security that they always had somebody watching the cameras in the building. So if any of the residents was ever doing anything that was in violation of one of the rules, the security showed up like within two minutes of you violating the rules, security would show up and tell you, hey, you can't be violating that rule. They weren't rude about it. They were very professional about it and polite, but they were on top of it every time. So I remember I can think of many times it happened like at the pool, for example, if at the swimming pool, you were not allowed on a pool deck, rather, because the pool, it was two pools. It was a jacuzzi and it was all these you no know, chairs laid out so people could lay out and sunbathe and all that stuff. Black people, we don't suntan, but all the white people. So there was a rule that you were not allowed to have a radio. You couldn't play music out loud at the pool. So I remember there was this girl there one time and she was playing music out loud off of a little speaker. You know, those little speakers you can connect to your phone and you just sit them there and you play your music out loud. For everybody to hear. I don't I have no idea why anybody would do that. Why would you play your music out loud for everybody to hear in a gym, at a pool, on a I see people do this on back when I used to take public transportation, I would see people doing this. Like, why are you playing music out loud? Nobody else wants to hear that shit. But anyway, she started playing her music out loud. And I mean within it was within 60 seconds of her playing that music, a security guard walked over to her and said, You can't play that music out loud. And she kind of protested a little bit, but they shut it down and stopped. There's another time I seen a couple of guys. These a couple of uh, bro 
clown looking dudes. They went over to the jacuzzi one day and they had like a six pack of beer. And it was, I don't know if it was a bottle or, or canned beer. It doesn't matter because you're not allowed to have drinks. You can't be in the water with a drink or with food. Now, I've lived in other buildings where nobody would enforce that. I would see people violating it and nobody would do anything. But at this particular building, I'm talking about the same building. These guys, I seen them walk over to the jacuzzi because I was sitting out at the pool deck. I was like working on my computer. I wasn't in the pool. But I saw them walk past me and they walked over to the pool and I saw the, the cans that they had in their hand and they had a speaker for music. And these are some, just some, anyway. These guys walked over to the jacuzzi and they got in. They weren't in that jacuzzi for two minutes before I saw the two security guards walk past me. They came from behind me and they walked past me. I knew exactly where they were going. And I kind of chuckled to myself because I knew what was about to happen. And they went over there and they told those guys, hey, you can't have that beer in there. You can't have that music in there. And they shut that shit down again within two minutes. And I'm just emphasizing the point that when you're in charge, you got to be on top of everything so that people know that you're on top of it and they know. Oh, we probably shouldn't even violate this because we know they're going to say something. I remember even myself one time, I used to, well, I still do. I wake up early in the morning and do my exercising. So one morning I was doing cardio. And what I would normally do, because in this particular building, I lived on the same floor that the pool deck was on. So I could walk out of my place and walk like 20 feet, open the door, and I'm on the pool deck. Now, technically, the pool deck did not open until 6 a.m. That was the rules. The rules of the pool deck opens at 6 a.m., closes at midnight. But I would go out there at like 4.30 in the morning and I would just do a warm up for my run. I would warm up on the pool deck. Then I would go down the elevator and I would go outside and I would do my cardio. I always ran outside. And I would do this every single time. And nobody ever said anything because I don't think the security was even thinking to look at the pool deck area during that time in the morning. But one particular day, somebody happened to see me doing it. They happened to see me warming up out there. And security came up there and said, hey, you can't be out here. And I said, I'm not even getting in the water. He said, yeah, you still can't be out here. And even though it was a minor, minor annoyance, like on a scale of zero to 100, it was like a five in terms of annoyance, them saying I couldn't be out there. I respected the fact that they were enforcing the rules. I don't mind anyone enforcing rules on me as long as you enforce the rules the same way on everybody every single time. And they absolutely did that. I remember one night I was out there at, at the jacuzzi and it was midnight and security came up there at the stroke of midnight. It was exactly midnight. And they came over and said, hey, the pool is closed right now and made us get out of the jacuzzi. So they were on top of their shit. This is all in one particular building. Now I lived in other buildings. I lived in a lot of buildings down here. And at other buildings, people didn't do that. I see people come to the pool with music playing out loud. Security didn't say no. Security would come upstairs, walk around the pool, see them with the music playing out loud and not say a single word. I seen people with food at the pool. I seen people smoking cigarettes at the pool. You're not supposed to smoke cigarettes in the building. And nobody would say anything. Nobody would do anything. As a matter of fact, I remember I moved into a building. It was my very first day in the building. I mean, literally my first day in the building. And I went to the jacuzzi at the building. Now, technically, the hours of the jacuzzi was dawn to dusk. This is a different building. So the other building was 6 a.m. to 12. Everybody can tell time. This place was dawn to dusk. So what time is dawn and what time is dusk? It's very vague. And this is what leads to these type of what ended up happening here. At this particular building... So I went and looked because I remember seeing that. I'm like, well, what the hell time is dawn and dusk? Anyway, I remember when we were looking at the building, right? There was a security guard standing at the front desk and I approached him and said, you know, the pool says dawn to dusk. What time is that? And he gave me this real smart ass answer. This is a security guard working at a, a condo in Miami. He said, well, it's dawn to dusk. He said it in a real smart ass type of way. I didn't say anything because I'm like, All right, we might not need to move into this building. So fuck this guy. But we ended up moving into that building and that security guard still worked there, right? So the first day, I look on my phone. I look on Google. For example, I'm going to look it up right now. You can look up what time is dawn 
So I'm looking up Dawn, Miami. What time is Dawn today? When I'm recording this, Dawn is 6.41 a.m. Technically. Now, what I learned in living in this building, because I lived there for a few years, is that dawn and dusk changes over the course of the year. Because, you know, it gets lighter earlier, it gets lighter dark, it gets lighter later at different times of the year with daylight savings and all that stuff. So at this particular time of year, when I had moved in, dawn was at like 622 in the morning, something like that. So I waited until exactly 622 a.m. I go down to the pool. And I remember I'm sitting in a jacuzzi, right? And the way that this building was situated, you could look, you could see behind you, there was this big glass window and you could see the elevator shot. You could see the elevators, there's four elevators. So anybody who came out of and went into the elevator, if you're sitting in the jacuzzi, you can see everybody coming and going. So I'm sitting in the jacuzzi and the elevator door is open and the security guard, that security guard, he walks out of the elevator doors and he's walk, he's like marching, like he's about to go handle some business. And I see him make the turn that to where you got to go around to get to the pool. And I knew he was coming over to me. I knew this was I knew this was coming, but I was ready for it. So he comes over and he's really trying to be an ass and telling me that I need to get out of the pool. He was talking to me as if I worked for him, as if he was the one paying the money and I was the worker. That's how he was talking to me, even though it was the other way around. I told him I wasn't getting out of the pool. We had a, a brief exchange. I didn't get out of the pool. He walked away. There was nothing he could do. Then I went and got dressed and I had to go approach this guy and I had to I had to communicate a few things to him just to let him know that. I'm not the type of guy that he should approach that way. The whole point, it has nothing to do with that guy, but the whole point was in some places, things are enforced and the rules are laid down and they're enforced uh, uniformly. In other places, they are forced, they are enforced very lax or not enforced at all. And this is giving people a clear signal as to what they can get away with and what they can't. That's the whole point here in point number one. But I just talking about this has led, led me to thinking about a lot of things. I can give more stories, but we'll move on to point number two. Today's topic, once again, is how to run the show when you are in charge. Allow for no confusion. And this goes right into the stories. This goes right with the stories that I was just telling you on point number one. When you are the leader, you're the person in charge in a situation. Anytime that there is confusion as to what is expected of everybody or how things should go, that is your fault. It is your responsibility. There should be no confusion whatsoever as to how things are supposed to go, who's in charge of what, who is responsible for doing what. Who is supposed to enforce what and why it's being enforced? There should be zero confusion whatsoever. And this is why the building I was talking about and all those examples that I gave, when they enforce things properly, I respected it, even though sometimes they enforce things on me. I remember one time I was on the elevator with no shirt on because I was about to go to run outside and I, it was nice outside. I didn't need a shirt. One of the security guards met me as soon as the elevator doors opened at the first floor and said, hey, sir, you cannot be on this elevator without a shirt on. And I respected it because I knew they enforced the rule with everybody. As long as they enforce it with everybody, I was good. You need to be the same way as a leader. Anytime there is confusion as to what is expected or there is incongruency or inconsistency with the way things are enforced or laid out or executed, it's the fault of the leader. Somebody is not enforcing the rules or the rules are not being made clear enough or a combination of both. This is a failure in communication by the person up top. You are the leader. So it is your job to make things clear for everyone. If anyone's unclear, you're responsible for clearing it up. As a boss, for myself or any of you who's in a position of leadership over anyone, I don't care if it's your kids, your employees, your assistant, whoever, if someone on your staff makes a mistake, that means you made a mistake. Either, yes, you, you made a mistake if they made a mistake. Why? Because either you made a mistake in communicating what needs to be done, or you made a mistake in choosing the wrong person to do it. Or you made a mistake in making sure they were clear on the communication and how to actually do it. 
somewhere you made a mistake because you're the one in charge. Remember what I told you about becoming a difference maker versus being a good player? When you're a difference maker, everything is your responsibility. Even if it's not your fault, it's your responsibility. You take ownership of everything. There's no more clock in and clock out. All right, everything is on you, even if you're not the one who did it, even if you're not at fault for it, even if you're not the one who actually te- technically messed up, you messed up because you put somebody in charge who did mess up or you communicated to somebody something that they messed up. That makes it your responsibility. This is why any big company, any of you who works for a big company, you know this, big companies have handbooks, training manuals, processes, documentation, film, video that you have to watch, a whole bunch of red tape, so to speak, for literally everything that could possibly happen at work. Is this true or not? Any of you who works for a corporation, all right, does that corporation have a whole lot of red tape as to how the job goes? All right, here's how you do this. Here's how you had to do this. If you want to do this, you got to do this first, then this, then this, and you got to get an okay from this person and this person Then you had to document this thing this way and that way. And it actually slows you down a lot, right? It's a lot of things that you could get done a lot faster if you didn't have to go through all the bullshit and red tape that the company has put in place. But there's a reason why they put all that stuff in place. It's so that it's not so it's not because they're trying to stop people like you who are fast movers and high performers from going faster. It's not because they're trying to stop you, even though that is a result of what it is. That's the result of what they did. The reason that they put that stuff in place is to keep the people at the bottom, the lower performers from fucking up too much. And this is the way all of life is set up. I could do a whole episode just on this point right here that I just said that a lot of the rules and regulations that we come across in life that frustrate us. If you're a person listening to this show, uh, trust me, I know you're the type of person who gets frustrated by the rules and regulations that slow you down from moving faster. That's because the rules are not in place to they're not in place with you in mind at all. They're not made to slow you down, even though they do. And they're not made to help you because they don't. They're made to regulate the people at the bottom of the pyramid. And this is basically the way everything is set up. The government is set up to help the people at the bottom of the pyramid. The rules and regulations that big companies are set up to make sure the people at the bottom of the pyramid do not destroy everything. Everything is set up for the low performers, even though the high performers are the ones who should be being rewarded. That's a whole different conversation. I could have a whole I can actually start a whole new podcast just talking about that. But we're not going to do that, at least not today. The point is. This is why big companies have handbooks, manuals, processes, red tape for everything, because it's for the slow people. It's not for people like you. So if you're frustrated, I commiserate with you. But this is the game. This is the way to set up. It can be a pain in the ass for you. I get it. But they make it clear. The reason these processes and documentation is in place is to make it perfectly clear what things are, how they are, when and where they are, even if it doesn't make sense. Now, this is this is how it is. For example, right now, as of this recording, and I'm assuming it's still going to be like this by the time you hear this, in New York City, and it's maybe in other places as well, but in New York City, I know to be true. I've heard, I haven't been to New York in a while, and at least I haven't been to New York since, when was the last time I was in New York? Cameron, not in the last two years, but I heard that in New York, if you walk into a restaurant, you have to wear a mask when you walk into the restaurant, but then when you sit down and eat, you can take it off because clearly viruses only float up in the air at about six feet high. And as soon as you sit down, the viruses, they don't come down there. So then it makes perfect sense. Again, it doesn't make sense, but the rules are clear. And as long as the rules are enforced for everybody, the same way, I'm good with rules. I'm good with rules as long as you apply them to everybody. Now, if you're being inconsistent, then I ain't following the rules anymore. Different conversation, different day. Point number three, today's topic, once again, is how to run the show when you are the person in charge. Number three, sharpen your discernment skills. Episode 1430 moments about discernment. This is your skill of judgment, being able to look at a situation and figure out what is really going on versus what the situation or person presents itself or him or herself to be. 
Discernment is being able to judge, seeing things for what they are, and then making subsequent judgment calls that are not necessarily right or wrong, at least at the time, but you are making judgment calls based on your best intelligence at the moment. And as they say, good judgment comes from bad decisions. So the more decisions you make, the more decision-making situations you put yourself in, the better chance you have at making good judgment calls in the future. This is how you get better at it is by putting yourself in a situation. As the leader of a situation, you must accept responsibility for making these judgment calls, and you're going to have to make a fair number of them moving forward. But this is what you need to do when you're the person in charge. So running the show does not mean that you're right all the time. It just means you get to make the final call. And when you find out that you're wrong, you learn from it, you add that to your skill of judgment. And then next time, hopefully you make a better decision because you have more experience, more experience or knowledge in making decisions and dealing with the situations at hand. All this said, let's recap today's class, which is how to run the show when you're in charge. When you step into leadership, how do you handle it? I'm telling you how today. Point number one, put your standards in place and make them clear from day one. People need to know the parameters and the boundaries, what is okay, what is not. Same way we would teach a teacher at school. We found out which teachers were okay to act a fool in their class and which teachers you couldn't get away with that. Not because you're a bad kid or a good kid, but simply because you are as your behavior was based on your options to misbehave. That's at least how it was for us, for me as a young male. I don't know about the rest of you. Bosses at jobs is the exact same way. It is about how you communicate, how you want things done, how you run things. Like a college coach told me, be 15 minutes early for every practice. And Rita's Water Ice, it was about making sure the lines are moving. Security, are they tight on enforcing the rules or do they, are they lax? They just let people get away with stuff. Point number two, allow for no confusion. As the leader, anytime there is confusion as to what's expected or how things go, it is your fault. If there is a miscommunication of how things get done, it is also your fault. There's a failure in your communication. You're the leader. So make everything clear from the beginning. This is why companies have handbooks, manuals, processes, documentation, all kinds of red tape. It slows you down. It's a pain in the ass. I know the reason it's there is just is so that there can be no confusion as to how things are supposed to go. And even with all that, people still mess up. Right. And the more people you add to a situation, the more chances something is going to go wrong. And point number three, sharpen your discernment. Discernment is your skill of judgment, seeing things for what they are and then making a decision based on your best judgment and your best judgment improves the more practice you get actually making judgment calls and good judgment comes from bad judgment so as a leader you must accept responsibility for making these calls even though at times guaranteed at some point you're going to be wrong all this said text me to get my daily motivation text every single day straight to your phone my number is 305-384-6894 and you're a person who is stepping into a leadership role you want to get better at that leadership or make sure you are as prepared as possible for being in that role and make sure your communication is clear so that everyone can execute and produce actual results. And you want to learn how to do all of that and start implementing and enforcing it for the next 30 days. Guaranteed, join my Bulletproof Mastermind where I am coaching people directly on this, doing live trainings every single week, making connections between members of the groups who want to either need to find someone who can do certain things, need to get access or point in a certain direction, certain skills, abilities, resources, join it and get all information, then join it at workingyourgameuniversity.com. Time. Work on your game. Dre all day. I want you to send a text to this number 305-384-6894. That is my direct text number. When you text me there, you'll be part of my texting community. And that means you're going to be receiving my daily motivation text, which I send out every single day to keep you sharp, focused and mentally on point for the day in front of you. Send me a text at this number. 305-384-6894. One more time. 305-384-6894. Get daily motivation.